Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Hero or Zero here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. My name is Sean Meehan, and joining me, as always, is old-timey prospector Connor Lawler. Here, see? I think you got the guts for the kids. <laughs> that's, that's, that's more of a gangster kind of a thing. You've done. I'm not going to say no. Yes, and. <laughs> that's, a we- that's a tough accent to pull off, especially for a man who can't do accents. That's this is why I th- you got to practice, Connor. You can't just the, the you perfect time to practice is live on air. That's how you won't offend anyone. That's true. I didn't know these were live, but that's fine. <laughs> so this is Hero Zero. Uh, this is the show where we choose one comic book character. You probably know this, but maybe you don't. Do, uh, we choose one comic book character every single week. We talk to good points and their bad points, so we generally just give you a bit of a rundown. Of everything to do with that character. Now, I normally choose DC characters. Sean, you normally choose Marvel characters. And it is your week. So that means we are going to get a Marvel character, which I can only assume will be bad. <laughs> oh, well, he's kind of a bad guy, Connor. Oh, okay. <laughs> or is before, he? Before Maybe. We, before you get into your report. Oh, we have I two things. Well, actually, we have a few things to get over. Line actually, yeah, there's some paperwork here. No, go there's ahead, some paperwork. I got to fill you out. I'm trying to deport you. Um, no, uh, no. <laughs> We're, we've got a few things. One, we are having our live five year birthday anniversary listener hangout next Saturday. That is the 14th. Uh, is that next Saturday or Saturday? Yeah, next Saturday. Um, so not tomorrow, but the Saturday after. The following Saturday, that is on the 14th, is going to be all for our patrons. And um, so basically, if you are a patron, you get will get an invite to the Google Meet call. You just get to join, and we all just talk shit for a few hours, and we all kind of just turn on our cameras and just talk nonsense. Um, yeah. If you are interested, you can become a patron today, or you can send us an email or a message on Twitter or Instagram. We'll send you an invite. There's only limited ones going, but if you get in there first, then it's first come, first served. I'll send you an invite if you get in. Because um, we don't like 300 people on the call. <laughs> <'Cause> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could be messy. <laughs> but uh, that's number one. And number two, Sean, 
We are going for a hundred Spotify five star reviews before Christmas. I don't know if you heard. We are. We are indeed. We have gotten, and since we've been pushing it, we have gotten a few more. We have so gotten, so we are on the it, way. And, and once again, we're trying to hit that sweet spot of we're on the way. You could join the mission, but we're but we need a little help. That's kind of the vibe. You can't go. Oh, we've done it because that's too cocky. No, that's yeah. Like we're like Act Two of Fight Club right now, <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of other work that has to go on, folks. Are you real? <laughs> Sorry, what? Me? No, I'm you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Good. Um, so, Sean, now that's out of the way, um, you can do all that stuff. You don't have to do anything. It's up to you. Sean, if you're he- if people are here for a report of a Marvel character, it is over to you. Who are you doing and why? So, I, this character was sent in to us on the Patreon, actually. It was sent in by Frost. Um, and another benefit of the Patreon, you get the inside track to fucking tell me what to do on Hero or Zero. Yeah. And so... I am covering Venom, Connor. Oh my god! Now, okay. The I am covering the entire history of the Venom symbiote and everyone it's been attached to. I've put this together into six pages, so yeah. I think that's pretty good. Can I just ask you a question? Are we going to be here for three hours? Not at all. No, 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 no. We will be fine. <laughs> I'm thinking thirty minutes tops here, but honestly, if once you hit the twenty-five minute, I'll give you a five-minute buzzer. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Start the clock. Okay. The symbiote that will be known as the Venom symbiote spawned back in the day with the birth of the universe, kind of deal. All of the other symbiotes, they just—they're like vampires. They attach themselves to someone, and then they suck all the life force out of them, and they leave them as a husk, and then they move on to the next one. The Venom symbiote is weird among symbiotes in that it wants to coexist with its host. Um, it's so weird, in fact, that all of the other symbiotes basically lock it away in fear that it would contaminate the gene pool. So it's like, oh, we can't have this guy just ruining it for everyone else. Can I ask a question? Did all of this history get retroactively added in? 100%. Because... <laughs> The original way that the symbiote was introduced into Marvel Comics is during the first Secret Wars, which was, famously, a way to sell toys. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man walked into a weird machine on Battleworld and he got a black suit. And that was all the symbiote was at the start. And everything else has been added to it since. Cool. Well, I was 100% convinced it was going to be a guy in a white lab coat just messing around with some beakers and just came up with this thing. It, uh, you're probably not too far off, to okay. be honest. Like the So when Spider-Man touches the symbiote, it covers his body, forms his black and white costume, which does look savage, to be mm-hmm. fair. Um, and it, um, it interfaces with his genome. So the symbiote copies the spider powers as well. This is how they make it so that anyone who gets the symbiote gets the spider powers. Clever. Um uh, one cool thing is that it also has an inexhaustible supply of organic webbing. So whereas Spider-Man at the time was still using web shooters, he had to make his own webs, the symbiote just gave him infinite webs. Which uh, obviously sounds great until you realise it's corrupting his soul and turning him evil. Exactly, <laughs> cool. Connor. So at the start, the symbiote was happy to just be a, a costume um, and feeding off of Peter Parker's sense of justice. Uh, he just improves his crime fighting. He makes him faster, stronger. Not messing with his head at this point. Um, he's just happy to be along for the ride. In fact, he's so eager to like fuel Peter's desire to be a hero that while Peter sleeps, the symbiote starts taking over his body. So Peter wakes up and he's fucking exhausted. 
What? Yeah, so he's just like, the symbiote is just piloting Peter Parker's body with all of the Spider-Man powers, but right. Peter Parker doesn't know about it. Getting a bit more sinister now, to be honest with you, but okay. Yep, and so, um, confused as to why he was constantly exhausted and increasingly unnerved by his new costume's autonomy, because he's starting to realise, it's like, I'm not doing this stuff. This is doing it on its own. Spider-Man brings it to the Fantastic Four for analysis. Upon learning that the black suit was not only alive, but sentient and wished to permanently bond with him, Peter rejected it out of shock and disgust. That's going to go down well with the sentient weird goo. You're going to piss off the alien is what you're going to do Don't piss off the sentient evil alien. (laughs) So with the aid of Mr. Fantastic and the Human Torch, Spider-Man discovers that the symbiote, you've all seen Spider-Man 3, is vulnerable to sound. Uh, and they use sonic waves to remove it and scare it into a containment module. Does he do it in a uh, church? Not yet. We're coming to the church. Okay. Does he pray to God that Peter Parker will die? <laughs> no, actually. That was a weird thing they included. Uh, it's, it's actually slightly Brock, darker. He doesn't even know Peter's Spider-Man at that point. He just wants legitimately journalist wants, Peter Parker to get fucking killed by God. Just wants a regular man dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I will touch on that because it is interesting, the parallels that they do have. Um, but yeah, after, angered at having been rejected and imprisoned, the symbiote escaped and took over just a regular man like a tourist, makes its way back to Peter's apartment and disguised itself as a red and blue Spider-Man costume. Uh, then Spider-Man puts on the costume, the symbiote reveals itself and is like, I'm back, baby. <laughs> And <laughs> attempts to forcibly bond with Spider-Man. Is look, I I don't know how to put this in better wording, but is is the alien goo is sexually assaulting Peter Parker at this point? No, there's nothing sexual about it. It's, it's forcing an itself creature. It's forcing itself upon Mr. Parker. Yes, but in the same way that a flu virus would force itself upon your immune system. <laughs> flu virus doesn't normally hide itself as something else, though. <laughs> no, this is this. There, it's malicious. It's definitely malicious. The flu virus is like, oh, I'm dopamine joke. Gotcha. Now you've got the sniffles. <laughs> and look, but no, there's no, there's, there's no. It's not untoward. It's just unpleasant. It's iffy. It's iffy. It's mm. technically... It's not technically it, it, We're going to do the Johnny plays of it's technically not illegal, but it's frowned upon. So it's attempting to forcibly bond with Spider-Man. Spider-Man flees to the bell tower of Our Lady of Saints Church. The bells rang to sound the hour, which, coupled with Spider-Man actively rejecting the symbiote, weakened the alien and forced it to relinquish its hold on him. Um... The symbiote, using its remaining strength, fled to safety between the floorboards. Uh, Spider-Man believed that the symbiote was dead. Um, However, the symbiote was still alive and extremely bitter towards Peter Parker, a trait that it would share with most of its future hosts. Mm. Such as the next human host of Venom, Eddie Brock. Ah. Now, Eddie Brock was a reporter for the Daily Globe. He had a whole thing where he wrote a whole expose on this dude called the Sin Eater. And like, here's who the Sin Eater is. I've solved it. I've worked it all out. He wins awards for this story. Like, it's widely accredited. And then Spider-Man catches the Sin Eater and it's a completely different dude. And Eddie Brock got it all wrong. And his career is ruined. Like, he can't get work as a serious journalist You know what? That's actually a really good origin for him. 
Yeah, it's like that's why he hates Spider Man specifically. Yeah, like that's such a like a niche but also great character thing that like he's just a f- journalist photographer and he comes up. This is his big break. This is his big Lois yeah. Lane moment winning the Pulitzer Prize and then Spider Man the dickhead just by doing his job. Like he hasn't harmed anyone, but by doing his job, he has wronged him. Exactly. Yeah, and so he, like he can't get any work. He just. All he does, he stays in his apartment and just works out and gets angrier and angrier and bigger and bigger. Um, he's disowned by his father. He's divorced by his wife because he's such a failure. And he's so loon- like, he's just like, I fucking hate Spider-Man. I want to kill Spider-Man. His dad's also a bastard. Uh, <laughs> he's a real c- cunt of a dude. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> okay, brief story. I don't even have this written, right? But... Eddie Brock, when he was a kid, he was like 15, he got drunk and he stole his father's car. He ended up hitting a child, killing the child. Eddie is racked with guilt. He's going to plead guilty. His father beats the shit out. His father's like well up in the community. So his father beats the ever loving shit out of him to make him plead innocent because he's paid off all the cops to let him get away with it. I don't think either of them come out of that story well, but I mean, yeah, the father a bit more. Yeah, also, should say, Eddie Brock, massive Christian in the comics. Okay, uh, that's, that's fine. Loves God. I mean, we, so, we, Sean, we live in Ireland, so, I mean, That's true. On. Like, we're all, we're all in the same boat here. Um, so, yeah, disowned by his father, divorced by his wife. Eddie enters into Our Lady of Saints Church to pray for forgiveness for what he is about to do because he is about to commit suicide. He has the gun, Ah. he's going to say I'm sorry, and then he's going to do it. Holy shit, okay. Then, attracted by, because the Venom symbiote can sense like emotional wavelengths and stuff like that, he senses a mutual hatred of Spider-Man, equal to his own. And so the symbiote bonds with Eddie. um, And he also is like, oh, Eddie's jacked, like he's way more, he's way stronger. than any other human host I've come across. So I'm going to take him. Um, And that's where they start going by Eddie. Um, Eddie's hatred for Peter further twisted the symbiote's own feelings towards its former host. So now it's complicated because the symbiote hates Peter but wants to bond with him, but also will kill him if that's another option because of Eddie's involvement. So now it's like this weird like mesh of both of their ideals at the one time. Exactly, yeah. Um, and despite its bond to Eddie, the symbiote views him as an inferior host and sees Spider-Man as its soulmate, frequently making efforts to return to him in between the attempts to kill him. So it's like a scorned lover, basically. It pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like toxic and obsessed. Okay. Now. Um, the symbiote also began manipulating Eddie's memories and biochemistry to make him believe that he had been diagnosed with cancer. What? Gaslighting him into staying bonded whenever he questioned their relationship. Because the symbiote's like, look, if I leave, that cancer is going to kill you. I'm the only thing keeping that How at bay. is the symbiote the worst one out of him and Eddie Brock? It's wild, isn't it? Like, it's Venom is, like, the early days Venom is fucked like, up. He is fucked to the max. Like, that is a mixture like, of two absolute bastards. Yeah. Um, they eventually came to a truce with Spider-Man. And Venom relocated to San Francisco, which is what we see in the movies and stuff like that. Um, When Eddie's ex-wife, Anne, was mortally wounded after being shot by the second Sin Eater, who was someone who was trying to 
get after Eddie Brock for trying to take him. Be ironic if that was the guy that he accused the first time. Oh, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be? It's not, Mm. I'm afraid. But but right. (laughs) Um, So Eddie urged the Venom symbiote to bond with her and heal her. Under the influence of the symbiote, Anne impulsively murdered a pair of thugs, something that she instantly regretted. As the symbiote's bloodlust grew, it began attempting to force Eddie to satiate its growing appetite for flesh um, and abandon him when he refused to do so. The symbiote attempted to devour Eddie, who was able to only temporarily curb its hunger using chocolate. Um, So this is where Venom becomes like it's the lethal protector is what it's called. So he's he'll happily kill someone, but he won't eat someone if he has chocolate is the whole I feel like they, they realised that having that level of power, that like if he's not consistently always just fighting Spider-Man, then he will just rip through everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Like if he's, if he had full focus on just like taking over San Francisco, he could do it in How a How many night, people probably. could he eat before they stop him is the question. He, he'll ne- Like he'll never be full is the yeah. thing. Like, so everyone. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, it's just sending bodies at him at yeah. that point. Okay, so the symbiote's gaslighting of Eddie by manipulating biochemistry into thinking he had terminal cancer caused him to actually develop terminal that cancer. That is one of the worst storylines I think I've ever heard in comic books. Real bad. Yeah. Real, yeah. real bad. Um, the symbiote sought to get rid of him and once more began hunting prey on its own, attempting to rebond to Spider-Man and expressing outrage when he was tricked into rebonding to Eddie. Um and then th- this is an odd sentence, but after having a Christian reawakening after watching The Passion of the Christ, uh, <laughs> Eddie decided to expunge himself of the symbiote by selling it at a supervillain auction and donating the-, the money to charity. How is that going to work? Just, they just, he, he rips it off himself. You can talk to the, the box, big man upstairs. He'll sells- tell you that's a shit fucking idea, Eddie. Like, he's a symbiote from space. He's an alien goo. Yeah, you get a, a high price. He's bought by a Don of the Magia. Good. Uh, who gives it to his son, Angelo Fortunato, Connor. How long um, does that son have to live? Look, uh, he doesn't last long, mm. I will say. Okay, cool. Uh, basically, they go after Spider-Man again, and midway through the fight, Venom gets bored and debonds with Angelo mid-air while he's jumping over a building and lets him fall to his death. Cool. I, I, that's actually longer than I expected him to He stay made it like kid. a couple of nights. Like yeah. Wow. <laughs> the next person that the symbiote approached was Mac Gargan, also known as the Scorpion, a very low-level Spider-Man villain who never wins. Uh, that's his whole thing. Um, he offers him new abilities and uh, being bonded with a Venom symbiote, he was allowed to join Norman Osborn's Sinister 12, uh, a team of villains put together to take down Spider-Man. Even with these additional powers, he was swiftly defeated by the wall crawler. Now, uh, the symbiote eventually gets tired of Matt Garden and is happy enough to go back to Eddie Brock. Um, so he, but he tricks Mac into bringing him to Eddie. Eddie is working at Feast, the homeless shelter that Aunt May runs. Um, and Martin Lee, who is Mr. Negative, who we've talked about on the show before, like pats Eddie on the shoulder, heals his cancer, right? Because Mr. Negative can do that kind of thing. Right. 
It also interacts with the remaining venom cells left in Eddie's bloodstream, creating a what it's a mindless symbiote called anti-venom. Venom <laughs> then attempts to bond with Eddie and is harmed by anti-venom. So Venom cannot bond with Eddie Brock anymore, but Eddie Brock turns into a white version of Venom and kicks the shit out of him. And he's, he's good. He's good, Eddie. Anti-Venom is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, okay. Now, Eddie is still a bad dude. Like, he still will kill people and stuff. So he's still using Jesus as a cover for all of his murders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit where, like, he has the cross around his neck yeah. and they really focus on that, you know? Yeah, he's like, God, uh, what this? I'm going to kill all those kids. Anti-Venom nearly killed Venom altogether, but the US government intervened and Matt Gargan was captured, the symbiote was separated from him and is now was now in the hands of the US government. Good. They'll keep it safe. They won't use it Absolutely. for anything else. Absolutely. The next person that the symbiote bonds with is Flash Thompson, Peter Parker's bully slash friend, depending on what time and who's writing him. Um, Flash, at this point, he had joined the army um, and in... I think one of the wars, uh, probably Afghanistan or something like that, Flash had lost both of his legs. He had been, they had been amputated, I think, from above the knee down. He must um, be like 50 or 60 at this point, like, cause he was 35 in high school. So if we yeah, add. You're the, thinking of Joe Manganello, yeah. Connor. <laughs> That's an East joke. From <laughs> Spider Man 1, yes. And so the. They, the US Army starts Project Rebirth, which is where they start pairing the Venom symbiote with soldiers. They learn that if it's bonded for less than 48 hours, it can be removed easily with no adverse side effects. Um, while wearing the symbiote, Flash was able to create prosthetic legs and gain spider powers, which is huge because one, he can walk again. But two, Flash Thompson is the biggest Spider-Man fan that there is. He loves Spider-Man and just wants to be like Spider-Man. So why he joined the army, he wanted to help people like Spider-Man does. Okay. Um, the Venom symbiote at the time was also dosed with symbiote suppressant drugs, basically lobotomizing it. Um, so it, it, it Flash was Flash was mostly in control. Flash has anger issues, so anytime those anger issues flared up, Venom flared up again. Okay. Um. Venom eventually, after, like, they, like this ran for years, that just going on missions, it was a really cool run. Venom actually enjoyed being a good guy. Um, eventually, Venom was separated from Flash, and so Eddie Brock, who is now leading an anti-symbiote task force, set out to capture him. You know um, what, that's kind of a cool storyline to go with that. That's the logical yeah. next step. I like that a lot, that Eddie mm. Brock is like, I know the most about how these things work. Yeah, so and he can't, mu- he can't, the only person he can't merge with is me. Exactly, yeah. Um, so they set out to capture him. Spider-Man helped the FBI separate the symbiote from its new host, who was just some random guy. Um, but he tricked by saying, hey, Sim- Venom, symbiote, why don't you bond with your old pal Spider-Man? <laughs> and Venom's immediately like, all right, I'm into that. Let's go. The oldest trick in the book. <laughs> the old one-two. <laughs> you gave him the old one-two uni flu of, wouldn't you like to get with your old pal Spider-Man again? Wouldn't you? I love you. I take it all back. I actually think you're the bee's knees. And so the FBI contains the symbiote then. So it's on hold. It was about to be handed over to Alpha Flight, who are Canadian X-Men. But Eddie Brock breaks it free in order to become Venom once again. Um, what? 
Yeah, so he's dosed with something that resets his metabolism, essentially. So he can then fuse with Venom again. People However, need to stop resetting Eddie Brock for metabolism. <laughs> it's, just, it's so much easier if he just hates Venom all the time. But he has this weird thing where he loves the power that Venom gives him. Like, okay. that's his big flaw. Like, for all the I growth think, Eddie Brock has look, had, he's still deeply lo- damaged. The more logical reason is just they got a writer in who grew up with Eddie Brock as Venom and was like, that's a cool story. Let's bring it back. And they were like, Eddie Brock is kind of fighting Venom now. And they're like, yeah, but we'll make a storyline plot twist. They won't see it coming. He's going to become Venom again. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, he wants to ensure that his relationship is different from it than when they first bonded. So he's like, look, Venom, you loved being a hero when you were aged Venom. Why can't we do that together? Um, the thing about it is, is that over time, it regains the blood because the comic changed writers and that writer liked <laughs> writing Venom as a big monster. So over time, mm. the bloodlust came back into yeah, well, Venom slash Eddie Brock. Um, so it's, uh, it would frequently relapse into a feral state, resorting to murder and cannibalism. Cannibalism. It attempted to devour a corrupt cop, Craven the Hunter, and a character called the Ringer. Um, Eddie finally became fed up and went to Alchemax to demand an explanation to the diminishing effectiveness of the cure. Um, Flash Thompson is there intervenes and demands Eddie return the Venom symbiote to him. So then, the Venom symbiote tries to bond with both of the hosts at once, being like, I'll split myself, I'll go one into each of you, it'll be great. Um, Spider-Man intervened, and in an attempt to kill the Venom symbiote, overturned a vat of serum designed, derived, excuse me, from the anti-Venom symbiote. Thus... The symbiote that bonded to Flash was an artificial replica of the anti-Venom symbiote. So Flash is now anti-Venom and Eddie Brock is now Venom. My head is in... Oh, wait, no. Yeah, my head is in my head, Sean. Um, I, that, I knew I'd lose you there, but it's the perfect I, comic yeah, thing. Of like, <laughs> there's gone. two characters who both use the same finite source of power. But there's this other anti-Venom character that's just sitting there. No one's using it. So what you're telling me, right, is they had a Venom and an anti-Venom. And then after, I would assume, probably several months to a few years of storylines, after some writers came in and wanted Eddie Brock back as Venom, they decided, well, we'll just swap them around. So now the other one is the anti-Venom. And now the original guy is Venom. Yes. Great. That's and a Flash Thompson way. can be anti-venom the whole time because it's an artificial symbiote yeah there's no mind fuckery or anything like that uh, it's a bit cleaner but it's it, it, it's an elaborate step to get to where you were originally basically um that's that i think that might have also been around the time that the venom movie was coming out um a lot of that stuff happened so they wanted to make the comics match up oh that that perfectly syncs up with them going oh shit we need eddie brock as venom for before the yeah. movie comes out yeah okay and so, like, as it is now, and, th- like, this stuff is, where it's gone now has gone insane. Like, Eddie is now the god of all symbiotes. That's where he is in comics at the minute. It's fucking insane. Um, apparently a really good run. I just haven't read it. Also, he has a kid, a son, uh, who is... He's made of Venom. Uh, he, he is, actually. Um, <laughs> they did a Immaculate Conception where the Venom symbiote got Eddie's 
wife, ex-wife Anne pregnant. And so How? The, <laughs> how was Jesus born? It's a whole Jesus metaphor. Like, it's a whole thing. Like, oh, good. That, they're all, they work really well in terms of oh, any other sort of medium. They never get overpowered or broken nah, at all. Don't worry about um, And so the, the son is now bonded with Venom. Um, and he's now the god of symbiotes. He's the king in black, he's called. Um, Damn you and your cool name, Eddie, but shit idea. <laughs> it's really cool, but really dumb, uh, which is where Venom lives. So... He, uh, in terms of powers and abilities, he has symbiote biology, so he can shape shift. He has his own form, but he usually bonds to a host. He does take um, powers from Spider-Man. So any power that Spider-Man has, Venom basically has it. Um, wall crawling, webbing. He has camouflage is something that he can do. Um, he also has superhuman strength, durability, stamina, healing factor, genetic memory. Um, so he can recall specific information from the memories of anyone it's ever bonded to. So he'll Ooh, remember. That's good. Yeah, so anything that Spider-Man knew, knows at the time he bonded to him with, Venom knows as Ooh, well. That's actually, that's a very powerful thing. It's actually quite good. He can uh, detect other symbiotes around him. He can manipulate body chemistry. He has telepathy. He has matter manipulation. Digital immersion. Um, so he can... Uh, go into the internet on a molecular level. Um, he has empathic empowerment. He can control emotions. He can assimilate other symbiotes. He's immune to spider sense, which is one of the big things. Spider-Man cannot predict what Venom is going to do or where he's, he's coming from. He's kind of fucking broken, really. He is a little bit. Um, he's resistant to telepathy. His weaknesses, though, are like, you know, like he does, he is weak to sound. He is weak to fire. Um, and he is weak to anti-venom as well. Um, no shame in being um, weak to fire. Sure, aren't we all? You know what I mean? Aren't like, we all a bit weak to fire now, No lads? shame in that, lad. No shame. The, and like, if that's just like his current kind of set of powers. If you look through everyone he's ever bonded with, like it's insane. Like he's bonded with the, the lads I mentioned. There's been like Malekith and Mysterio and fuck. I'm pretty sure there's a Venom Phoenix Force at some point. Like, what? Yeah. It's all, it's but all the a Phoenix lot. Force is like, basically like, the concept of, it can remember everything that's ever happened across all of time. So technically now Venom can also remember everything that's ever happened. Yeah. It's, yeah, the <laughs> Phoenix Force is all psychic energy that has ever, does, or will ever exist. So Venom can remember all of that. Yes. Well, well not anymore, because it's all gone now. There was a, it was those early days. Like it's been oh, rebooted okay, okay, since, okay, kind okay. of thing. Go, 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 go. He's not entirely broken. No, guy. he's not, he's only resistant to basically everything except for yeah. fire and sound. To be fair, and recently he's grown wings. He realised he can just make wings and fly around the place. <laughs> that reminds me of Optimus Prime in the fifth Transformers movie. <laughs> <laughs> you leave when, the fifth Transformers movie alone when he's like going through the first four movies and never uses them and then in the fifth movie at the end of the fucking movie he's just like I'm going to fly away now <laughs> like yeah. wings pop out and I'm like Optimus that could have come in handy in any of the other times and then he just fucking dies in space like, he always like, dies he, just, he dies once in all those movies 
And I think you'll find, Connor, that is all of the history of Venom in 30 minutes. I am very proud of you. We just hit 30. That is actually quite impressive. I'll give you that. Um, Sean, that was a very good report. I'm I'm very, I'm just honoured to have been here to to listen to you talk about Venom and just... Oh, um, please. What are we we doing here? What is this? Genuinely, what is this? No, seriously, I'm lying. Oh, okay, good. Once this call comes up, or like once the recording finishes, we're back to being enemies. But up until this point, we just keep up the facade. You know what I mean? No bother, boy. Don't worry. <laughs> You're gonna be just the godfather of my children. <laughs> <laughs> just hang up. I fucking hate you. Oh, um, <laughs> um, so if you liked what you heard, we've done hundreds of other uh, character cover uh, reports. I should say, uh, lots of DC, lots of Marvel. We've covered them all. So if you've got a favourite character, we've probably covered them. It's probably in our catalogue on Spotify, iTunes, all your podcast platforms. You can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. We're on all that stuff. Um, We also, as I mentioned, we have our live Patreon listener hangout happening next Saturday. So if you are around and you would like an invite, please. um, It's probably around half one Irish time. Yeah. So if you are around in your country don't know but uh, we probably have people from all around the world joining so that's really cool and yeah if you could give us a like five stars on Spotify that'd be great or any of the other podcast platforms and most importantly if you could just tell one human being that we exist just the one please so I have been Connor Lawler I have been Sean Lee and we shall see you all next week bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.